Welcome to the Dusty Life Podcast. I'm Sean. That's Kyle H. Toth and Grant Uberger. This is episode 251 for Thursday, February 25th, 2021. We'd like to give a special thanks to Joe Lokland Bjerkness, Jason Barr, Jeff Setters, Aaron Jensen, Ty Moser, Glenn Vajsner, Adam Zawalik, Dave Barlow, Marcin Schapinski, Andy Pridmore, Antoine Poitras, Doug Dietrich, Daryl Pettit, Jerome Monfray, Josh Usher, Darwin Smith, Jay Nieto, Scott Barron, Bryce Rabel, Mike Bomer, John Raminger, Gray Keane, Sir Tim Holliner, Bear Ullman, Wim Prest, Kevin Derrick, Spencer Sims, and the culinary magician of pork products, Luke Hamchef Parker. Those are our top patrons at patreon.com. You can support the show by sharing the good news with a friend, going to thedustylife.com and purchasing a t-shirt, sending us a one-time donation, and purchasing some hard goods. So head over to thedustylife.com and check it out. Hey guys, I'm recording. Dude, you know how you get those 50-pound bags of rags? Mm-hmm. Yes. Haley's got like a bunch of these shears like for the emergency. 50-pound bag of shears. So, dude, they're perfect for cutting... <laughs> They're cut for cutting shear, for cutting your rags, because I can never get them cut right with the uh, with just regular scissors. You know, they pull hmm. different types of rags in there. Hmm. I usually, I usually just rip an edge with my pocket knife and then just kind of oh, rip okay. it in half. I, you know, I used to do uh-huh. that, but then you start to get in the fuzzies, and I would not want the fuzzies when. You just put, you just put That's why when on. I when I fold my finished rags, I have a specific way where I fold my rags so there are no threaded ends that stick out. Yeah, you, know and you also mean? said that you iron them. I have. For, if I'm doing like French <laughs> polish on a chair oh, yeah. or something, yeah, I'll iron it, and then you can really get into corners and crevasses and stuff. Dude, when was the last time you did a French polish? <sighs> like a real French polish? Yeah, like North Bennett. Like night shaker nightstand French polish. When I first got out of Bennett Street and I, I graduated, I moved to Pittsburgh and I opened up shop. One of the very first things I got hired to do, somebody had a like mid century style like side like a like a side table for their sofa thing, and it had a big uh, a big ring on it from I don't know a glass of scotch or something like that. And they asked me to put a French polish on top, and I did. And it was actually really easy money because if you know how to do it, the standards aren't as high as they are at Bennett Street. They just want some shellac laid on five hundred coats or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved I loved doing it there just because it was like an instant finish, you know. But I've only done it once since. Mm. Not very durable <clears throat> French no. polish. No, that's the thing. Yeah, with alcohol too, it doesn't really hold up. <clears throat> However, sorry, were you about to say something, Sean? I was just going to say, in Elon Musk form, the answer to your question, when the last time I did a French polish was, is zero. <laughs> is that an Elon Musk joke? What is Yeah, that? because people will ask him, you know, how much time he spends thinking about something, and he'll just say zero. It, it doesn't make any sense, you know, that kind of answer. The answer is zero to how often do you think of something or how much do you think about something. It's funny. Ha ha. Funny. You think he's playing playing up the, like out there genius no i just think he's yeah he's kind of eccentric so that's what that's how i think think about yeah, it he makes his yeah. money on being eccentric dude yeah man well the thing i was going to say about french polish is and i've t- we talked a lot about our different finishing methods and my favorite finish to use these a days is general finishes armor seal and a lot of people have a lot of different ways of applying armor seal i got my own way of doing it and i kind of basically borrowed my technique from french polishing you know huh. i i fold my rag in such a way i don't exactly i don't put a cotton pad inside of my rag like you would do in french polish i don't use any rubber band or anything and i don't do a whole bunch of coats but the technique of folding the rag getting it just perfectly saturated with the right amount of finish and then wiping on you know we would when you french polish they say it's like landing an airplane when you come down to do your coats you Come down at an angle, touch down, wipe and wipe and come back. And so you're never running all the way off the end of the piece. And yeah, that's how I do my armor seals kind of like that. Mm. But I don't do like a hundred coats. You just yeah. do like a real thin coat. 
That's kind of how I do it on the on the lathe too. I have a I was hating on you for folding your rags a certain way, but I definitely fold them a certain way to put the oil on the oh. on my my vases and bowls and stuff like that. Mm. <clears throat> it really does. Hypocrite. It makes a difference. Totally does. Mm-hmm. Can't have any wrinkles in there. It's got to be no. nice and flat. Nope. nope got nope. a hypocrite in our midst. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was just giving you a hard time, bud. It's okay. Huh. It's okay. I can handle it's, it. It's okay. You got a cool hat on, so, you know, it's okay. I can take it. Yeah. Grant is wearing a snapback sailor's hat. Captain. So he, a captain hat. It was like four, four or five dollars at the Army Navy. I, I love Army Navy stores. I can't help it. You guys go to them? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Buy like a machete mm-hmm. for five bucks or, mm-hmm. you know, like an old German You used to always coat. get the entrenching tools, you know, the Ooh. foldable shovels. That's what the I used E-tool. to buy. Mm-hmm. E-tools. Dude, my new dig is the, the Habitat for, for Humanity store. Restore. Yeah, the Restore, man. You get I some good those. stuff in there. You want 30 doors? They got them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got yeah. bulk stuff in there. It's great. That's right. I was down in San Bernardino this last Friday. And I found one. I had no idea there was one there, but it's right off of the 10, I think, between Tippecanoe and Anderson and Bryn Mawr, hmm. on Bryn Mawr. So if anybody's in that area, there's a Habitat for Humanity. I didn't know it. Didn't the know until Friday. The game, too, with them, it's kind of fun, is you got to go back on a semi-regular basis to, like, because you want to be there when there's a deal, when there's something there that they don't realize is worthwhile, you know? Mm-hmm. You got to find it. Yeah. See, the cool thing about that area is there's a lot of really old orange grove plantation homes. And a lot of times they're remodeling them. So you can get probably get some old ball and claw. Ball? Ball? Ball, ball and, and claw. claw. Ba- ball and claw. I want to get ball and claw. Yeah. Ball and claw tub. <laughs> ball and a claw. A clawfoot? A clawfoot claw, tub? Claw tubs, yeah. Clawfoot tubs. And uh, other cool things, you know. Interesting mirrors and stuff like that. Chandeliers in those old plantation homes back from the 40s and 50s. You get like a rubber gasket from a, from a bathtub from 1972 still mm. in the package at them restores. <laughs> they always got weird stuff like that. Or like brand, brand new flashlights that have like a picture of Gene... Simmons on them or something that never got sold. They'll have like that sounds like a flea market. Are we talking about the same, same uh, kind Habitat of Restore, dude? I am a fan. At the Habitat Restore that I go to in Boston, it's in West Roxbury. They have had there for a while these waffle makers that have a picture of these twin brothers on them, and I swear to God, there's a stack of them still in the box, unopened, and they're like eight bucks and they just want to get rid of these waffle makers. I don't know. Maybe somebody just tried to start a waffle maker company and it didn't work. And they've just been there for, I don't know, three years. People just, maybe they just really stuff. liked waffle makers and they just bought one every time they saw it. Yeah. It has a name. I can't like a, it. like a Coca-Cola collector. Yeah. It's a waffle maker. It could be. This waffle maker says Coca-Cola on it. I don't like waffles. Dude, I made waffles this weekend, dude. I got a waffle maker. I mean, the thing about it is you can't make waffles without a waffle maker. The thing is, you can't make a waffle without having to clean the waffle maker. Dude, not if you get the pour just right and you got that nice Teflon in there. You know, it's easy clean up. It's all about that pour, man. It's all about that pour. You start getting that overspill. Yeah, it's the over. Yeah. You know, the overage. That's... Pain, man. Straight into the danger zone. You know when I'll make waffles? When I stay at a Holiday Inn Express and you go to the Continental Breakfast and they have that pre-measured cups of batter mm-hmm. and you just make it and you flip it. Easy. No cleaning. No worries. No measuring. Nothing. Nice. Oh, well, I mean, what the heck measuring. are we talking about? Well, there's not because it's in a, like a shot it's glass. It's pre-measured. It's a pre-measured cup. It's measured. Oh. You just don't have to do it yourself. Grant looks pissed. What right are now. we? What are we talking? What are we talking about, guys? Well, What's going a, on here? There was seven seventy-seven, and the uh, talking about that Colorado engine failure in a seven seventy-seven. Boy, that's terrifying. I've been thinking about that for about a day and a half straight. Dude, I was watching the video. It is crazy. Mm. It don't look yeah. right. It do not look right. We could do a whole podcast just talking about how, man, that's crazy. Could that's you imagine? That's crazy. Could you? I ain't ever sitting in the window again, dude. Seeing that video? Dude, 
I never sat in the window to begin with. Who wants to sit by the window? I don't I get love it. sitting by the window because I like There's watching nothing other to planes look at. fly by. Uh, you can't crazy. stretch your legs. What do you mean? I don't know. Unless you're in first class like Toth, I guess. <laughs> yeah, when you're in just... the aisle, you can kick your shoes off and then prop your foot up on your neighbor's armrest. You know, the aisle over. They love that. You love go that. through airport security. You're nervous. Here, I'll play it out. You're nervous. You're kind of scared because you don't like flying. You don't want to be nervous going through security. You go through security. You got to dump out your liquids. But what did you bring with you? Oh, I brought a cookie. It's just a regular cookie. You get through security. You go to your gate. Start taking bites of that cookie. Next thing you know, you're 25 milligrams deep. Getting ready to get on that plane. (laughs) (laughs) Plane takes off. You're gripping the hand rest because, you know, takeoff and landing is the scariest part. Takeoff especially is kind of freaky. And you hear a little pop. You have your headphones in. They're noise canceling, so you kind of can't hear anything. But then you just hear, like, a little pop. And people are going, ooh. You look, and you see that flaming engine with no cover. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, I would just put a blanket over my head. No, oh, I'm not on this plane. <laughs> I, I take, you start I take screaming, my, Superman, help us. <laughs> I'd take my iPod, and I would switch it to Crazy Train. And just go with it. <laughs> My iPod Touch. Wish I had an iPod Touch. Anyway. Dude, I still got my iPod Touch, dude. They're cool, man, and you're not texting with them. No. So what are you guys working on? Dude, I'm still building that giant mm. cabinet. It's eight feet tall. I just built the doors for it today. It took all day to build the doors, man. It took like seven hours to build these things. And they it's just big, dude. Panel it's, or? What's that? Yeah, they're just, uh, well, there's metal, like, tin panels that go behind them, and they have, like, little indents every two inches, and then oh, they're right. backed by plywood. Um, but I just built them, like, open frames, so that way the, the metal and the wood can just, like, sit in the back, and then I could just, like, pin them in, or maybe I'll screw them in from the back or something like that. But I didn't want to, like, encase them in a tongue-and-groove frame and not have to get them out and have to deal with glue getting on the on the metal and all that stuff. But dude, I don't, they're, they're pretty heavy. These there it's, I think it's 16th gauge steel and the panels are 20 by 20. And then they're backed with half inch Baltic birch plywood. And it's basically a full sheet of plywood. They're 20 by 20. So, I mean, there's like, you know, a hundred pounds, maybe 60 pounds on each door, 120 pounds total. So I haven't put the hinges on yet. I got four hinges. I'm hoping that everything holds pretty good. It's a pine frame. So the wood is pretty light, but uh, I mean, they're just huge doors, you know I mean? They're just so big. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. I hope it all goes together pretty well, but we will find out. But I don't have any twist or anything like that. I got the wood all milled down. It's all nice and straight. There's no warping going on. But I was going to put two uh, catches, like a, a catch on the top and a catch on the bottom, just because they're such big doors, you know, just in case something happens over time. But yeah, that's what I'm working on. It's got seven adjustable shelves inside. And I was going to do the domino for the shelves, but I, I don't have a, uh, like, I have, like, the shelf pin jig, you know, the Rockler one, the little... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have that. I don't have one of those for a domino, and I don't really know how to go about making one because if you're off by, like, a eighth of an inch, you know, a sixteenth of an inch, you start, like, the shelf pins just don't work, and then you end up chasing that up the whole side of the cabinet, and, you know, you can't really fix all those holes in there. So I think I'm just going to do shelf pins. There's a center divider, so, you know, the, it's, the shelves are only going to span – you know, 28 inches before oh, it hits the shelf pin. Yeah. So I think, and they're, they're seven eighths of an inch thick. Like there's thick shelves here. Have you here? I'm going <laughs> to hook you up, dude. Have you ever heard of the sagulator? Mm-mm. <gasps> yeah, man. Sean, I know Absolutely. Sean has, I know Sean yeah. has. Is it for the festival? Up, no, it's a website. <laughs> no, it's a calculator online. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. It's a calculator on a yeah, website. I use, it, I use it all the time when I'm doing shelves. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, if you just Google the Sagulator. Oh, Sagulator, right? okay. okay. Yeah, you, so you enter in. Sh- so if anybody listening, if you're going to do something like this and you have shelves and you're not sure if you can, if they can hold the weight, it's a shelf material. What is it, Toth? Pine? Pine. I'm just going to say, I don't know, whatever, some kind of pine. So there's a million. Inches. How um, wide? 
I'm going to say longleaf pine because I don't actually know what kind of pine it is. Uh, shelf load. How many feet or how many pounds per feet? Do you know? I mean, bottles of booze. So I could see each shelf having, you know, a hundred pounds probably. It says, so the automatic fill here is 30 pounds per foot. 30 pounds per foot. That's a lot of weight. Then we're good. We good. Uh, shelf span. How far is the shelf span? 20. Well, the entire shelf span is 48 inches. 48 inches. But there's going to be a center pin though. So I guess it's really like 24. Well, how deep? How deep are the shelves? About 13 inches. 13. Okay. How thick? You said seven eighths. Seven eighths. Okay. Um, is there going to be, is they're solid wood? They're not, they're not edge band plywood. All right. So you're going to have, it says, it actually says acceptable. (laughs) Well, yeah, it says, uh, 0.02 inches in total, 0.012 inches per foot of sag. Hmm. That's not bad. That's not bad. Hmm. That's with no center divider. And I already got the center divider in, so I can't take it out. And I kind of just like BS this thing. I mean, you could do yeah. a better job if you went more huh. serious. But the sagulator, have you used that before now? You, you Dude, remember? I've never heard of it. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. You're building cabinets and you're like, somebody wants like, I want eight foot shelves that are a half inch thick. You can go on the sagulator and it'll be, it'll say like unacceptable. Cool. Yeah. Hold on. Let me check out the sagulator. Yeah. Cool. It's also good if you're, uh, if you like. Yeah. Fashionably, you want to like let your pants droop down a little bit, but you're not sure how much your pants should droop down. You want to bust a sag? You go to the sagulator, and it'll let you know. Mm. You guys yeah. remember busting a sag? Is that a thing? Right. There, I think there's a a uh, a variable in there for your edge banding too, right? Yep. Yeah, you can enter mm-hmm. an edge banding because that stiffens them up. You mm-hmm. have a good wow. memory there. It's pretty cool, Sean Rubino. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm just working on this cabinet. I did a little CNC work, engraved the person's name or, uh, you know, V-carve the person's name up top. And uh, that's it, dude. But the the inventable CNC, it didn't used to have for letter carving. It was just one depth. Like you couldn't do multi-axis stuff, but now it does multi-axis. Like it cuts the letters at different depths. Um. So as it's going across, it'll. So you can do almost going, like a script then. Yeah, so you can do. Where it do looks a, like it's coming in and out. Yeah, That's so nice. you can do script, and I think there's a setting to be able to do like a piece of wood like that, so that way you can cut out like you know something that's you know multi-axis. It's not just like square cut out, or you know, it's not just two D. You can do three D stuff. So that was pretty exciting because I was watching the thing. I, there's something about watching a CNC, you know. I don't know. You just stare at it when it's working. And it was going up and down. And I was super impressed. But the letters look fantastic when, when you do them like that because they just have different depths to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's <sighs> cool. Yeah. Hey. I was printing stuff on the 3D printer for my son just yesterday. And I was sitting here. It was printing for like six hours. And I sat here for about 10 minutes and I just watched it do its thing. It's pretty cool. To watch that thing, yeah. table moves side to side, front and back, and the the extruder moves up and down and side to side, end up and <laughs> side to side, up and down. Yeah. Do you have any? You cool. get any clogs on that thing? Oh, dude, it's it's such a hassle. Don't if you're gonna get a 3D printer, go all in. Get a Prusa. Don't get an Ender. <laughs> There's so much tweaking that you have to do with this thing to get it so it will print well. You know, every time. I mean, there's a lot, there's a big learning curve with the slicer software that you use to, you know, put the support material and the layer thickness and the, all that nozzle temperature, bed heat. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot, a lot to play with on it. I was getting frustrated because it seemed like every print that I was doing with him would get about halfway through and then it would just turn into a bird's nest. <laughs> print another bird's nest. Uh, yeah, it was it was really annoying. But the last couple of prints I did came out pretty good. Anyway, but aside from that, um, I got the seat frame all milled, glued up, ready to go. Just got to trim it to the final width and give it some sanding and a little bit of edge treatment on it. Um, the panels that go in the sides of the arms and the back, those are all veneered. Did the the, the whole vacuum bag thing. Boy, what... 
a stressful time that is, you know, <laughs> trying to veneer with PVA glue. Did you because, veneer? Because uh, it dries quick. Did you hmm? veneer the sides, like the edges? No, I didn't. I I was going to the the original plan and design calls for like a solid wedge ed, edge banding just on the edges. That's like uh, seven eighths of an inch wide, and uh, I don't know. I don't really like that look. So I'm basically, I'm just edge banding it with the same material and, uh, I'm, I'm grain matching it. So each side, uh, matches the face <clears throat> and it virtually disappears cause it's, you know, thin. So it, it, uh, looks good so far. The curly maple. What, uh, kind, of, pretty, what kind of vacuum bag you want to forget? It's just a vinyl vinyl vacuum bag what kind of pump though oh it's not a vacuum pump oh okay i didn't know you had the vacuum pump one yeah yeah it would probably work just as well to get a hand pump and just suck out all the air and then just seal it and let it go but um i had a vacuum pump initially to do some wood stabilizing and that only lasted for about a month (laughs) that phase (laughs) of my woodworking experience Wait, what were you doing? <laughs> wood stabilizing. Like getting filling, rotten wood and filling it with CA glue or something? Well, fill, stabilizing it with like a resin, like a liquid cactus juice is what it's called. Um, so you, you would suck out all the air and then you would turn the vacuum back off once you've had the vacuum chamber running for a while and it stops bubbling as much, the wood under under the liquid. And then you release that air and then you see that le- that liquid level drop because all the liquid is being sucked into the pores of the wood to replace whatever the air was. And then you wrap it up and you bake it and you got a solid big chunk of wood filled with plastic. Dude, I remember Why? when that craze went through yeah. in Instagram and the YouTube world and that one kind of really seemed to like there's not that many people still doing it. That one kind of faded out. Hey, it's why, cool why to do, do with it? With crappy wood, you know, like spalted wood that's Super real soft and flaky. Like yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And and you use for handles. That's what it's really good for. Like that's shifter really knobs the only and thing. stuff. Sure. Shifter yeah. knobs. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Key, Keychains. I like it a lot for small turned items because you essentially don't have to like use a, a finish knob. on it. Because it's, it's, like it's plastic. Already. It's filled with plastic already. You just polish it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, shifter knob. vacuum pump. What's anyway, so I'm moving right along with the chair. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. He likes the word knob. Okay. Hmm. As he's petting his mustache. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day. Yeah. That's okay. cool. I didn't know you did Your wood chair. stabilizing. I've seen people do some pretty nifty stuff with that. You know? Yeah, yeah. You could do like you could find some some real wormy wood and do that, mm-hmm. you know, and then turn it and expose all that worm. All the worms, yeah, yeah, dude. Well, yeah, dude. The chair's looking sweet though. Looks very cool, solid so yeah, far. Yeah, thanks. I'm liking it. I can't wait to uh, finish it. See what it looks like. Except the problem is, um, on on the Wood Whisperer site, he uh, Philip Morley mentions you know where he gets his cushions. He says, I get the cushions. I order the cushions from a place in Florida, but there's no like link or site or reference. So I guess he just kind of leaves it up to you to find a place to go to. Hit up Florida, um, dude. See what they got. Just call Florida. Right. I'll just call Florida. Yeah. Who's a Jeb Bush? Is he still governor number? there? I don't know. Yeah, just- I'll see if he knows any places. Yeah. I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're in Florida and you know an upholsterer, um, let me know. All right. I Googled Florida phone number. Nothing showing up. <laughs> I think you have to. Like that one time when Google I mailed Florida out shirts and I just phone number. wrote the person's name on it. And <laughs> <laughs> forgot their address. And the city. And the city and the state. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Figured they would know who this is. It's funny. Hmm. What you got going on, Grant? Oh, you know, just another day in paradise doing my thing. 
Measure cut, measure cut, measure cut, measure cut, measure cut, measure cut, cut, cut. Then I get a little nail gun, tap, tap, tap. Then I get my old drill and I go drill, drill. That's how my day goes every single day. And I drink coffee at noon. Boop. Okay. You want to elaborate? All right. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm still on this here job site in uh, in Boston, and we're uh, we had to take a couple days off last week because it was just too too much mayhem at the job site. We showed up the one day, and there was like in the right in our area we're working. There's a wallpapering crew, and then there's electricians running around, and there's HVAC guys. And the, they, they're fixing the flooring where we're supposed to be putting down baseboard. And sometimes you just got to throw your hands up and say, you know what? I'm leaving. I'll be back Monday. So, um, yeah, this weekend I prepped and put some stain on the top for this desk, a big old top. Got that there. And then I'm ready to put finish on the cabinet that gets attached to the desk. So kind of on the home stretch there. Um, but yeah, now I'm on the job site and doing extension jams, having some fun. Got, uh, I, I got uh, hit up by my buddy Steve Lyons and he sent me a thing about woodcraft apparently. Cause last week I talked about wishing I could split my shop vac between my miter saw and my table saw. Check it out. I did what Kyle said and I got a little splitter plug and plugged it into my shop vac attachment. So that now when I flick my table saw or my miter saw on, it kicks on the shop vac. And then I went to Woodcraft and they had a splitter for a two and a half inch shop vac hose. Boom. Went to Home Depot, bought a second shop vac hose that fit into the splitter. And then I had to walk around the plumbing department until I found like a rubber fitting that would allow me to like jam this splitter onto my shop vac. But as of right now, I have it set up to where you can go make a cross cut. Vacuum kicks on. You can do a rip. Vacuum kicks on. It's pretty awesome. How's suction no. on it? Do you put a little blast gates on there? You're not worried no, about it. No, there's no blast. It's it's not the best, but it's a job site too. You know, it's just it's really a, keeping a lot of the stuff off the floor. It's not getting everything, but that's not really what I was hoping for. I just wanted to avoid having to sweep up a giant pile of dust at the end of the day. You know, so yeah, and doing these uh, extension jams and uh, and talking more carpentry than woodworking right now, but. You guys know what extension jams are. If you look at a window, it's a inset. Let's say your window. So the the pieces of wood on like the inside surface of the window that run perpendicular to the glass that that's that's called an extension jam, right? And hmm. uh, we're putting extension jams on these giant like eight foot tall by like three and four foot wide windows. And came across the problem last week. I might have talked about it a little bit, but all the pieces of wood are like all of the the margins in these windows are are tapered nothing is straight it is what it is nothing we can really do about it that's how the windows went in and our jobs to put the wood in so i set up the l fence and it's been working like a dream on the job site so using going and taking measurements i drawn a little chart on a piece of scrap plywood going over the l fence just cutting up a whole bunch of pieces of wood and then pre-assembling these extension jams uh, on a little workbench kind of area thing I set up and just sticking them in place, shimming them, getting the reveals right. Boom, boom, tack, tack, drill, drill. On to the next one. Nice. Hmm. Do you um, have to plug those holes? What do you mean? How do you tack them to the wall? We're using a nail. It's a nail gun. Oh, okay. Uh, like a finish nailer yeah. kind of thing. You know, not a Brad gun, but a You put a glue on nailer. there or you just tack it? Nah, you just tack it in there because they're going to be held in place with casing. So you think the window... You have extension jams that kind of frame around the opening, you know, going perpendicular to the window. And then there's window casing that gets pushed up against that. So it's all going to be held in place real nice and snug. Are these um, extension jams, do they have profiles or are they just flat? Just flat stock. Mm-hmm. And it's all, okay. we, we stained it to match this kind of, it's like 50% ebony, 50% uh, J- Jacobian. I don't know how Jacobian. you're supposed to say that. No, no, no. See, I said that, and somebody at the job site was like, "No, it's Jacobian," and I was like, "What?" Isn't it? They pulled up. Is it different than the wood? You you can pull up Google Google pronunciation or whatever. It'll say Jacobian. Jacobian. I don't know. Blew my mind. I would rather say Jacobian. It makes more sense to me. Yeah, because that's like a type of cherry, right? Is it? 
Well, I think that's what they call cherry. I got a bunch of Jacobian wood, and they called it uh, British or not British. They called it uh, Brazilian cherry. Wow. Well, well, I always thought Jaco- or Jacobian, Jacobian. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna enlighten us right now. Do you guys want to hear something? So I googled it. So y'all are silly. It's Jacobian. So, um, <laughs> I always thought it was Jacobian. And then I was corrected as Jacobian, and I just looked it up, and I knew that that's a it's a style of furniture. And I looked it up, J- Jacobian, to, uh, to the dictionary. It says re- a relating to the reign of James the first of England. So like Jacob, Ian, like like you're of anyway, or it's a person who lived during the Jacobian period. Whatever. What I don't actually that? care about this stuff. Um, well, it was 1603 to 1625. Okay, that makes sense. Dude, I love the internet. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. But on my end, you know, life's not the most exciting. You know, I'm just getting in there, getting in the job site, having to show up and uh, wearing the hard hat, you know, and the mask. and You're still getting you that know? smug look for showing up at nine and the... For all oh the, yeah, for all the union guys. Oh yeah, we show up at eight thirty, but <laughs> yeah, there's union guys there that work six thirty to two thirty, and then they're gone, which is pretty sweet because we work till five or five thirty, and like the place is empty come two thirty. It's awesome. But uh, yeah, man, I got this desk to finish up and get delivered, and I'm working on the job site, getting just getting ready for spring. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm working for the weekend, dude. That's all it is. Hmm. Whatever. Isn't that a song? Working Everybody's for the weekend? working for the weekend. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, yeah, I knew it was a song. You know, there's times as a woodworker when you get to let your freak flag fly and you get to do some carving and some turning and you get to do some crazy stuff. But then there's other times where an opportunity is very good to just do some real simple work. And you just, you know, honest work, you just do it. And that's what it is. And that's what it is. You go home, eat dinner, take a nice shower, wake up and do it again. Yeah. And that's not to say the stuff I'm doing is not interesting. It's actually, I don't talk very much about install in here because it, for your average woodworker, I'm not talking down to anybody like as far as understanding, but I mean, it's hard enough describing furniture making techniques on a podcast, but to start describing installation problems that I've been able to solve over sure. the last couple of weeks. It's like, I can't even, you know, sure. It's just a lot of stuff. Well, to you, think about. you brought up an interesting point about using the elephants to cut a taper was, are you talking taper from like bottom to top on a board? Yeah. 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 Cause you know, before I knew about the elephants, I would just like scribe that and then I would take it to the bandsaw or something. Yeah. And then try to follow that line. And then maybe, you know, if it were a straight line, I might hit it with a hand plane, depending on how long it was. If it was really long, I'd probably go over the jointer. Then I'd put it up and there'd still be a gap, you know? Yeah. But uh, with the elephants, you get a nice, smooth cut, perfectly sized first shot. No guesswork on the jointer, you know what I mean? I think the modern solution to what we're doing right now would be to use a track saw. You know, if you have like... What's How that? are you going to do that on such a narrow piece, though? Well, the pieces, so they're, they're, the pieces are going to, like, they're ending up at about six inches wide. So they're coming in at seven and a quarter, and they're about six inches. So I'm only take, cutting off an inch and a half or whatever, something like that. Hmm. You could totally use a track saw. It would be hard, and you would want to do it on, like, a piece of rigid foam or something. But it's honestly, I find it to be just as precise, if not more precise, doing it on the L fence with the table saw. You just mm-hmm. may, might make your marks, you know, okay, this piece needs to taper from six and three eighths on the bottom and it needs to be five and five eighths on the top. So on the bottom, you make a mark on the end grain, six and three eighths mm-hmm. top, five and five eighths. And I lay a big long scrap of uh, plywood, boom. And I actually been, mm-hmm. I've been, I screw it into the bottom. I put blue tape all over my job site table saw so it won't scratch up the finished surface on the wood. So I make the marks, you know, screw a straight edge on the bottom. So face run down. It up against, yeah, it's face down. 
So that way I don't have screw holes in like yeah. the nice finished surface of the wood. Oh, that's such a good idea. I never thought about screwing a piece down. I'm always using double-sided tape or like mm-hmm. I have a – Sometimes that can shift. Yeah. Yeah, that can yeah. shift. But sometimes I've used just a, a like a board that has um, sandpaper on it, just like grippy yeah. sand. Like, and that, that will hold pretty good if it's a small piece. I only do that for small stuff, but – I've done it with nails too. You can shoot a nail in or, or hammer a little little brad nail in or okay. something. But screws are the solid. Screws, yeah. <laughs> so I, I lay the straight edge on. I got a couple of spring clamps and I spring clamp them right on the line. Nudge them, you know, until they're where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Screw in, boom, L fence. So for the Hatobian window, <laughs> <laughs> Hatobian. for your for your. For your uh, window trim, sill trim, whatever you call it. I can't even remember. Extended trim? Extension jams. Extension jams. Okay. Yeah. You're using uh, what color silicone to fill, you know? None, dude. None? Ain't no silicone happening here. Nah, dude. Nah. None? But between the wood and the window? Nothing? The windows would, too. The windows are made out of mahogany. Oh. So, I mean, I could probably tool something in there, but that's, that's a can of worms i'm not planning on opening it i don't think we need to do any silicone the joints are super super tight we i have black silicone oh wait i know where you were going with this were you trying to get me to say it <laughs> no Sean's, i don't know what you're Sean's talking playing about that long game next all right <laughs> <Okay>. well <clears throat> yeah not so how, how much longer you got there? Dude, I think three more weeks. Oh, wow. So okay. I'm not complaining, man. No. it's It seems like one of those jobs, like, you know what you're in for. You know, you're having having a good time with your boys, you know. Show up, you know, when you're going to yeah. leave, you know. And it's, you know, it, it's not like you're not, like, rushing, but you're not slacking off. You know, you're just at a cruising pace. I'll tell you what, if you're going to get paid hourly, <clears throat> the best you can hope for well on top of being paid like a good acceptable hourly rate the best you can hope for being paid hourly to do the kind of work we do is for someone to want to pay you to do a good job because i've worked for people that are paying me hourly this is before i was a, a wood quote woodworker i've worked for people who wanted me to do a bad job because they were paying me hourly do you know what i mean they're like mm. watching you work and they're going like Wait, what are you doing? Are you gonna are you gonna put a are you gonna cope joint that that baseboard? You don't need to do that, dude. I'm paying you by the hour. Hurry up, hurry up. And that is like the worst. Yeah. Dude. Dude, I was totally that guy last week when the people were putting my windows in my house. They replaced the big, you know, picture window out front. And uh the guy, the foreman of the job, handed one of his laborers or workers a can of foam and was explaining to him how to seal, run the foam on the round on the inside. And -hmm. I could tell, they were speaking Spanish, I could tell that the guy had never done it before, the guy who was about to do it. And I watched him, and I could tell by watching him that this was his first time using spray foam, expansion foam, expanding foam. And uh, he and did it. Stuff, he went all. If that stuff he, gets everywhere, whoa, that's what the foreman was telling him. He's like, "Be careful." In Spanish, he was like, "Be careful. This stuff, if it gets on you, it's going to make a huge mess." So the guy was like, being really careful not to get it anywhere. And in fact, he just didn't get enough between the window and the wall. And uh, I came back and I pointed it out to the foreman before he left that day. I was like, "Can you, you know, shoot some right there? Because I can see daylight. <laughs> that needs to be filled." How how yeah. long had it been sprayed before you said that? Because uh, that stuff will expand. It was night, dude. right. I know it was joking. pretty much expanded to its a, a full expansion. It just wasn't fully hardened. Um, it wasn't that great stuff, the yellow polyurethane kind. It was the white kind. I don't remember the brand. Ah. Uh, DAP or something. <clears throat> um. Anyway, so he came back later the next day and he squirted a little bit in there and then filled, filled the outside with silicone, clear silicone, paintable, clear silicone. You know but the- yeah, I felt bad because I was that guy who was watching the guy do the job and was like, yeah, I don't do it like that. Yeah, I wouldn't do it like that. Yeah. Wait, you know the bummer about you better. asking him to come back to do it too? Once you crack one of them cans open, it's done. 
Well, he, that's, I was telling him, I was like, don't, if you have, if you, if you can fill it another way, don't worry about it. But he was like, no, I can open this and I can reuse it. And he showed me. He was like, he, he squirts them in, pulled the cap off, rinsed it out with water. It was water soluble. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, was, the great stuff. I was stuff. like, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, the great oh, stuff. Oh, boy. Mm-mm. It even says acetone. on the back of the can, it's like one and done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's tricks. There's hacks. You can reuse it. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't use Not many enough people know to it. worry about it. But. Right. Anyway, <laughs> so I was that guy. I felt I, like yeah. Jerk, but whatever. I, I don't know. I worked for a guy one time who got mad at me because I was sweeping up the job site too slow. And he li- I was a push broom. And this guy wasn't – he was like my age. This is like before I went to Bennett. There was a guy I did gutters with. He was like my age. And I have stories about this dude was wacky. He was a push broom and I'm pushing – I'm pushing the, cause that's how a push broom really excels. You, you push the dust into a pile. And I know you that's can pull. That's how a push, push broom really excels. You push. And if you, if you have your technique down, the great thing about a push broom, I don't know if you knew this, but a great thing about a push broom is there's a little, like a walk you can do with it, where if you push mm-hmm. and step, you can like walk with it, push, step, push, step. You could push a pile of stuff, you know, 20 feet. And the guy got mad at me and he said, you know, you can pull it too. And he like started pulling it and like walking backwards. And I was like, dude, did you start getting that little ruffle, that little flitter underneath the, oh, underneath boy. the broom? And then you start losing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Cause you, it doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. release whenever you get done pulling it. It mm-hmm. just starts working its way past the mm-hmm. front end. Oh man. Tell you what, nothing better than having a real good flow with the push broom. Push step, push step. That guy sounds short. <laughs> he was <laughs> pretty sure he was also shooting up while we were working. He would fall asleep. Oh, man. Jeez. Anyway, crazy. Oh Pittsburgh. Oh Pittsburgh. So, uh, hey, you guys got any? What else you want to talk about woodworking wise? You know, it's weird because we're ending the podcast, and I was thinking about it the other day, and it feels like it feels like. You know you're going to break up with your girlfriend, but you already bought tickets to Disney, so you're just like, all right, let's just keep it together long enough to go see Goofy, and then afterward, we're done, you know? That was kind of a dark joke about ending the podcast, you guys. I'm sorry. No. Sean, we're, we're breaking up, dude. Yeah. Hold on. I didn't hear Kyle. you for any of that. It all cut out. What'd you yeah. say? We're going to Disneyland? <laughs> the podcast is going to Disneyland? <laughs> I hope goofy? we're going to Florida because the goofy. California one's closed. Oh, yeah. Florida. Don't Still? Jeez. I think so, yeah. It's okay. the sunshine, I guess. You guys heard about this COVID thing? It's really it's really taking a toll. And it's really messing a lot of things up. I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel because we went to a movie theater this week. We went to a movie theater. What? Yeah, dude. It's one of those yeah, movie yeah. theaters where you can order food and beers. Oh, like a like a cinema cafe. Yeah, it's called Alamo Alamo Draft House. I think it's a chain. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. our closest neighbor was 20 feet away and he had to wear a mask all the time, all that stuff. But it was like, man, I haven't done something like that in so long. You know, I've been out to eat a few times, but it's just like normal life. I want that back. I want that back real bad. I found out recently that, and I don't know if this is true in Boston, but I heard it on the internet. (laughs) It's where all the true stuff comes from. And I heard somewhere that in like smaller towns, you can pretty much rent out a movie theater room for like a private screening for you and your friends right now for like 80 bucks. Dude, yeah, this one, this huge one, 150 bucks gets you the whole place. Because they like need people so bad to come in and give them money, right? Yeah, I'm like, dude, 150 bucks. I mean, that's like it was 30 bucks for our tickets. I mean, yeah. come on, couple of your friends. Yeah, go watch whatever. Go watch whatever. Know. Yeah, but yeah, dude, go uh, watch Garden State with your friends. Garden State, <laughs> Zach Braff. You know, big fans. Mm-hmm. You and your friends. Zach Braff, dude. What is that? Scrubs. Oh, Scrubs. Yeah, dude. I remember Scrubs. I used yeah. to love that show. You guys can go watch War Games with Matthew Broderick. Anyone? Mm-mm. Nope. I don't know that one. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, do we have any questions, Sean? No. No questions. Did you guys get any questions? 
I got one. Texts, Instagram messages, I'd have emails. To find it. Nah. it was through an email, and I'm bad at email. I just delete them all. But let me see here. I just got comments. Comments, people wishing us luck, asking us if we're going to do a uh, occasional, you know, reoccurrence every three, four months or whatever. I was thinking That's about that. I, mean. I was thinking, you know, we could pop in every once in a while. I mean, the podcast, like, it's still going to be up online for at least a year mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it's not going anywhere it's it's still going to be in your podcast feed unless you actively unsubscribe to it but yeah it's you know we can always pop back in if something happens or whatever but but yeah hey when you and you and uh hey hey move and grants on to new jobs yeah check yeah. it out check back find yeah. out what's up yeah i'd like to keep in touch Sorry, because yeah, that's noise. the one thing I, I do miss is like you know we you and I, I like talking to you guys you know we've been talking to each other for what th- two three years now like you know once yeah a something week. like that yeah. plus plus three two yeah three. plus Sean and I an extra you know two on that you know so it's just yeah. like it's so ingrained in my day Saturday or Sundays or Mondays you know that we're recorded and it's just uh, you know I'm not gonna it, lie yeah I am fed up. <laughs> With you two. I'm done. I can't even describe how done. Tell us how much done you are. <laughs> when I hear your voices so on this podcast, it's it's like having a, a sharpened pencil jammed into my ear hole. Mm. It makes me... You know what? You didn't know this, but most podcasts, while you guys are talking, I, am a, I turn my microphone off and I vomit into my trash can. That's been only going on for the past like fifty episodes, though, right? Fifty, probably fifty for about the past year, yeah. Ever since minty fresh dollar bills. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm I don't kidding. know what you're talking about, Grant. I don't have. I tell you what, when Sean eats a carrot on air, that really does make me dry heave. <laughs> if anybody even know listening, how often Sean has been eating. Sean used sort to of, eat entire meals on this show. A whole meal. Whole meal. Yeah. Bring a whole he would yeah. dinner. Dinner delivered. Yeah. DoorDash would show up. Sure. He would open up the garage, go out there. He'd have one or two dinners sometimes. After that episode, I told people, you know, when they said, geez, you should turn your mic off when you're eating. I was like, seriously, I had my mic off. It was muted. I literally have eaten for 160 episodes, <laughs> eating dinner. And this one time, they did an update where my microphone didn't mute on Skype. So, yeah, I don't know what happened. Anyway. Blame the I did math. I did math. Mm-hmm. Seven days in a week times 24 hours right. in a day. That's We've heard this before, hours. Grant. <laughs> 168 hours in a week. Uh-huh. You have to eat. Three times a day. Okay. Right. Yeah. Huh. Three times a day, and I choose it one time. That day. You do. Yeah. I got it. What do you guys, you know what, you know what, we're always talking about what we're working on. What are you hoping to work on in the next six months? One thing, six months. Dude, honestly, I'm really looking forward to moving into a new area and I'm not looking forward to like setting up a new shop, but I'm looking forward to having a new space and all the things that go along with that are kind of fun, you know, setting up your machines, you know, I don't like the aspect of finding, having to find new clientele and stuff like that, but I want to do more turning. I'm always trying to do more turning. Whenever I'm turning, I think that's when I'm like the happiest in the shop. So I just want to do more turning. I brought my, my series of bowls up to like a hundred and I think 16 or something like that, that I've made. And I kind of just like, I did like the mini series and I did, you know, some free form type of turning stuff. I want to get back into that series. I want to get back into the flow of it. I haven't been able to meet my quota of a bowl a week that I said I was doing. I have three of them glued up that I haven't turned yet. But yeah, dude, I want to do, I want to do more of my turning. I want to get back into my segmented bowls and, you know, just kind of see where that takes me because that stuff, that, that was, that's always the most fun for me. So I said one thing. Sorry. What's one thing <laughs> you're looking forward to doing in the next six months? Fine. Turning more bowls. Moving. Oh. That's it? That's it? <clears throat> All right. More late That's time. Good. 
Kyle, you've moved into two different shops here. Dude, um, it's a nightmare. When you move into the next one, do you think you're going to rearrange your main machinery? Well, yes. And I have. I went from 400 square feet in a garage. I went to uh, 600 squeet, squeet, 600 feet, two floors. Squirts. Squirts with a squeeze. Squeeze. Uh, <laughs> who's squeeze? <laughs> squeeze. That was that judge's friend. Remember you got oh, judges yeah. on trial? Squeege and PJ and Squeege yeah. <laughs> when they were boofing. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, the calendar. You can't say that. Whatever. That's fine. Um, yeah, no. I Yeah, I went for Ford and Squeege. Squ- <laughs> I can't even say it, dude. <laughs> I went 400 Squirt. to 600, but I had like room for like wood and material, and I had a second floor, and now I'm in like 700 square feet. I really – I need more space. I want more space. I'm tired of having to like – you know, hobble over things or working on a project and it being in the way. So yeah, I'm going to, I want to rearrange stuff. So I have more of like a a machine area and a bench area and a building area. So yeah, I definitely, so big. I definitely will. I want like at least a thousand, thousand feet, I think of space. It's doable. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. I mean, depend depending on where we go. You depending know. on where you're depending going. Depending on where we go, yeah. square footage you go to, definitely varies. You go to Ohio, right? Yeah, if I go to Ohio, go to Ohio I'm getting get a whole city block. Warehouse. Yeah, getting a whole city block. Getting that ten thousand square foot warehouse with my cul-de-sac. Hmm. Warehouse with a cul-de-sac inside right. for mm-hmm. all your workers. Mm-hmm. Sean, that's right. One In thing. six months, I hope to have completed a new playset for the kids outside. Ooh. Rock climbing wall, Ooh. all that fun stuff. You've multi, been talking about that for a while. Yeah. No, have I? No. no wait, somebody else was. Somebody wrote in. Oh, somebody asked. Yeah, if we would design right. one, what would we do? And we, Kyle and I, said rock wall for sure. Yeah, dude. How big of a rock wall? I have, wall you I have a bunch of holes. You know, so I'm ready to do it. I just, I just need to get the material and everything. You put in like Got a th- design it out like a 30, 40 footer for the kids or what? I'm thinking it'll probably be pretty long. Yeah, musical size and. uh at least at least two stories. Wow. So just, um, just a launch yeah, ramp it's, it's, with it's a foam be a project. Pit. Let's put a trampoline on the bottom so uh, if they fall. I'm thinking they just about bounce. putting a real big real big rubber band that they can like pull themselves back and just lift their feet up and it'll shoot them out onto the top floor. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. I like that. Some Cirque du Soleil stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm going to involve the older kid, the 10-year-old, because he likes designing and drawing stuff out. So he, I was outside actually measuring the previous, well, the, the current place that we have to try to get the, you know, the footprint of everything. So we're, we're probably going to use a similar footprint, add on to it, and modify it a little bit. Um, so I'm going to involve him in it, maybe do a little bit of SketchUp tutorials, training with him so he can see some 3D CAD drawings. As well as doing the old school um, hand drawing with protractors and stuff. So, yeah, it should be fun. should be fun for him. Mr. Grant? How about, cool. how about you, Grant? I asked the question. <coughs> I actually don't have an answer. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on the same page as Kyle, though. And although I have uh, my like a really beautiful wood shop to work out of, man, I need some space. I really you got need another some space. chair in the works, don't you? you oh, got I'm a chair sure in I can you? build chair. I can yeah, build a chair. I can months. build a set. Of t- I mean, the thing is, once you've done a chair, you can build another chair. I can build chairs, but uh, I mean, in reality, I have this big chunk of wood that uh, my remember when my girlfriend like brought a giant log in front of our house. Dude, was that the one you cut in half on the bandsaw? <laughs> No, no, dude. That, what that? How like that? Tanowitz is huge, so you can't really get a scale for like how big that log was. But you look like you were like, like you know, you were squeezing it so hard, looked oh, like you were God. like doing like that was a workout, man. How tall was that thing? Um, twenty one inches. Twenty one inches, and, quarter inch thick blade. Yeah, and it was about twenty inches uh, across. Wow. Yeah, quarter inch blade or three eighths, quarter inch or three eighths blade. Oh yeah, that's something I did this week. I didn't even talk about. Yeah, I turned a bunch of green bowls, bunch of green maple bowls. Yeah, I um, I love that video. That was that was super cool. Seeing that Tanowitz, that thing is amazing. It's a beast. What's yeah, that? What's the height it, on that? Like for a resaw. Like, um, it goes up to twenty 
four or higher. So you had like it that. pretty close then. I could have got more on it, but yeah, I mean, dude, you're really pushing the limits when you're splitting a log. I mean, that log probably weighed 150 pounds, I would yeah. say. I almost couldn't get it on my truck. I had to like, I mean, it might have been 200 pounds. I don't know. It was full of frozen snow when I got it. Well, you're going through so many different types of grain lines too when you cut it in right in half. You're going through quarter sawn, you're going through rift sawn, and then you're going through a pit. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of free. What kind of pit? Like a like a peach pit? Peach pit. Passion passion pit. James and the giant yeah. peach pit. Yeah. Um yeah, turning green bowls is fun. The only problem with turning green bowls is I it feels like it's always like maybe three hours of turning. Because if you're turning rough stuff green and I'm going to stash it away, I'm not doing a super nice job. I'm just trying to like hog it out and whatever. But it's like maybe three hours of turning and then an hour plus of cleanup. Just because it was just, just a foot of shavings on the floor of the lathe room. Um, yeah. But in the next six months, boy, right now it's what, February? That would put us into August. Be honest with you, I'm hoping that I'm going to do pretty well with uh, the work I'm doing right now. That this summer, I can just kind of get creative. Fish. And do, do some, yeah, and go fishing. Build a boat. Making it work. I have this. A I, paddle. I have this idea. I want to. I've told you guys, I want to turn cust- a fishing cu- rod. Customize little tiny boats. I want to get little 12 foot 10 boats for like, you can get them for like 400 bucks on Craigslist. I wish I had a barn and just completely ball them out. How cool would it be if you saw like a 12 foot aluminum boat with like a center console and all this crazy all stuff nice on it? Right. But you're adding a bunch yeah. of weight to those things. No, nah, that's float, the trick. Dude. You don't. If you do that, aren't you putting a lot of weight? Yeah, it'd be a one seater. No, I, just, I wish just I could for mess you. around with boats. Yeah, no, friends. That's all you need. no friends. No friends. <laughs> fishing alone is a privilege, dude. That would be pretty sweet. What's stopping you, you from doing that? You can. You could. I don't fit have 12. to do that. Stuff. Yeah, you could put twelve foot in your bench, dude. I can't bring an aluminum boat into my workshop on the second story of a building. Who's gonna say no? Have you asked? Why you would asked? you even ask? You rent a space from how, them. Just bring it in. How could I get it down? Oh, and plus, I have other jobs to do. That would take up my entire space. Come on. My whole bunch You just of said you're going to be fishing up. all summer. I, w- I just need like a, a barn or something like that. That's like my, that's something I'm focusing on. Basement's not cutting it. Nah, basement's not cutting it, dude. Can't put a, a boat through the door. Whatever. I just want to hope I can spend the next, you know, the next six months. I hope I can do some, something creative. I'm putting the work in this summer or this winter. I mean, yeah, that's my goal. Come out with something that I feel like I got to create. Because I haven't really done very much of that in the last uh, little bit. Yeah. I don't know, you four need, or five years. You need that you time, creative you yeah. time. It's good for your brain. Yep, 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 yep. Sweet dudes. Anyway, you guys want to talk about what we're listening to or what do you want to do? You want to do that real quick? Dude, have you guys about? ever done like sure. these like live concerts that, that, that go on because you can't go to concerts now? Have you ever done any of those or like any of that stuff? Negative. I watch I watch like the replays of stuff on on YouTube in the, on like Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Dude, Bill Burr did a like a, a Zoom like comedy hour. It was like an hour and a half. He sold tickets for ten bucks. All the money went to this kid who had some spinal issue disease. But there was nine hundred people on the Zoom call, and dude, it was hilarious. It was one. Of, it was. I mean, it was a. It was. We saw Bill Burr live through Zoom. Uh, but dude, it, awesome. yeah, it was, it was so much fun. It was really, really cool. I, and I was like, why haven't we done this before? Cause we've never done any of those like live concerts where you buy tickets or any of these other comedy things. The quality was like really bad. The audio never cut out, but I mean, there was 900 people on this, on this zoom call. Um, and he had like, it was in his garage and he had like a screen, like a wraparound screen that probably had like 50 of the people. Cause they wanted you to like leave your audio in your, um, video on that way he could like hear your laughter and like see people so he was like messing with people that had like you know their dogs in there or whatever they were doing you know (laughs) like there was just a bulldog just sitting on the couch watching him you know there was it was just funny but but it was pretty cool i had never never done any of those it was 10 bucks i'm definitely gonna try and seek out more of them for like concerts and things like that so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I watched that, and then we went to the movies. I can't even remember the movie we saw. It was terrible. It had Denzel Washington in it, and uh, the dude with the pink hair and the purple hair. Uh, 
that uh, Jared Dennis Leto, Rodman? Yeah, Jared Leto, the dude. Uh. Yeah, he he was in there, and I forget the other person, but it it was it was just it was like a murder mystery type of cold case, but it just didn't really go anywhere. It's in theaters right now. It's not worth seeing. Don't go see it. Did I ever tell you I got to see Bill Burr live? What at the at the comedy store? No when way. I was there. Yeah, it's like a f- couple couple of years that ago. That wasn't. Were we on the show? Were we doing the show? You went that. We talked about. Is that well, one of your? We talked about it on the show. Okay, I think but, that was. I think I remember that was like one of your uh, California trips, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I went to the comedy store just for like just a night, and Bill Burr. It was like right before Christmas, and Bill Burr showed up in a sweater, and he was like, "I got no." He got into a fight with his wife and left, and went to the comedy store and did a set. <laughs> and he said she made him wear the sweater. Anyway, that dude's funny. funny. Hmm. Yeah, dude. The best. Here's one I forgot to mention the last couple of weeks. History of Swear Words. Dude, that's on our on our list of watch. Is it a podcast? No, it's on Netflix. Nick Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage hosts it. It's pretty funny. It's funny. It's like a show or a movie? No, it's a show. It's like uh what, six episodes? Five or six episodes? That's History cool. of Swear Words. I'll check that out. It's good. Don't watch it with the kids. Don't watch it with the kids. <laughs> Young kids. Won't be hard. Neither of us have kids. But I guess if you're talking to the listeners, I guess that makes yeah. sense. I forget that nice. we're on a podcast. Yeah, that's sometimes. that's been on our list. I want to watch that. Thanks for the reminder. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, I've been making a concerted effort to read actual books. Books. Not like audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks all day, but... I just finished a very good book uh, called The Things They Carried. It's about Vietnam. Anyway, that's not something. It's, it's a pretty pretty cool book, The Things They Carried. Uh, like physically carried? Or? Yes. I mean, that's okay. kind of how it starts out, basing it around, mm-hmm. you know, like blah, 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 carried. It, it's a cool book. Uh, quick read. But I watched a movie. I'm trying to think. Well, last night I tried to introduce my girlfriend to Tropic Thunder. She had never seen it. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It's a very specific type of humor. I'm not sure how it has been landing. We didn't finish it last night. But. How can you not finish Tropic Thunder? Was she not into it? No, it just got late. I'm we're tired. I'm okay. a sleepy boy. Okay. Yeah. I'm a um, dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> dude. There's so much. It's not even. It's, a, it's the kind of movie you can't quote it. Yeah, it's difficult to quote it. But I, I was, I heard that I listened to a podcast with Ben Stiller on it, and he said that he got more flack for playing Simple Jack than Robert Downey Jr. got for playing his character. <laughs> I could see that. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, hard R's in that mm-hmm. episode or in that movie. That yep. I don't know. They're, I don't know how they are contained. Anyway. Um, yeah, and then we watched this movie called I Care A Lot. You guys have probably seen it blasted on the front of Netflix. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. I Care A Lot. Pretty cool. It's a pretty uh, interesting story. It's, uh, it's a movie about a lady and stuff. Just never mind. Worth watching or not? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. It's about a woman who takes guardianship of elderly people, but it's like a scam. And it really is kind of scary to think about that. That's, that's, I think, a real thing. Like, if your doctor is like, this this person is not in control of themselves anymore. They're becoming senile. Then a judge could just be like, okay, you're now, uh, you're now under the guardianship of the state. And then they'll hire, like, a guardianship service. And they'll just, like, auction off your house and your belongings and oh, put you in a home. Gosh. It's pretty freaky. Cool movie. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, just been reading books. Hmm. We went to we went to Gloucester. I went to a bookshop. I bought a book. I've been reading now about the memoir of a Gloucester fisherman. It was from uh, the 1930s. This dude started working mm-hmm. on a commercial fishing boat when he was five years old. Jeez. What? You ever met a five-year-old? <laughs> Is it the guy from Wicked Tuna? You ever met a five-year-old? <laughs> the guy from Wicked Tuna? <laughs> no, it's not the guy from Wicked Tuna. It's 1930, Sean. <laughs> I just said that. Oh, oh, I missed that part. What's a five-year-old do? <laughs> Nowadays, they play like <laughs> Minecraft. This dude was tying hooks onto lines and baiting hooks wow. and rowing a dory at five. <laughs> five. Yeah, that's like some Ron Swanson stuff. <laughs> what? Anyway. Yeah. Well, I look at my five year old and compare him to other five year olds. I'm like, what's wrong with you, kid? 
Yeah. <laughs> Tie me a knot, kid. Right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again <laughs> to another episode of the Dusty Life Podcast. We are very appreciative of your listenership over the years. We appreciate you listening right now. And uh, if you wouldn't mind all bowing your heads in prayer. I'm just kidding. That's how they That's how they do it in church, though. And uh, bow your heads in prayer. Did you guys ever go to church? No. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. We like talking with you. Send us some messages on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Grant Burger Woodworking. Kyle is at Toth Toth. Sean is at Sean Rubino. See how I took it from both you guys this week. Um, yeah, and you could just send us messages on our own private Instagram pages or on at the Dusty Life. Uh, we got I think one episode left for the show. So if you got anything you want us to talk about, questions or comments or silly stories or anything. Um, go ahead and hit us up. We would love to hear from you, as we always do. Um, I think we still have some merchandise available at thedustylife.com. Pick yourself up. Some, go ahead. Some, go ahead. Yeah, we got some limited sizes. There's some black and gray t-shirts. We go on there. Or I think we're all out of mediums. Um, but yeah, there's still shirts up there if you want one. <laughs> there you have that's about it sweet right uh-huh. thank you everyone alright see ya thank you podcast